Yeah. Okay. All right. So no joke. Listen, this is this is a serious question. People are suffering. People have hard lives. It's just just the reality. There, there there are a lot of challenges in life, and people are are are. People are going through difficulties, and it is causing them a great deal of pain. And I get asked about this all the time. And what's the answer? There is no answer, because to somebody else's pain, you can't be cavalier. You can't be uh, blasé about it. You have to have compassion. I can only speak philosophically about my own pain, which has always puts me in a peculiar position, because if I know I'm speaking about myself to myself but it's like going out on the internet so other people are going to hear it they're going to think I'm talking to them the truth is listen I'm not talking to you I'm not telling you what you should do about your pain what you should do about your pain I, I, I if I see you in pain my only response is I say to Hashem how could a good and just God inflict pain on somebody but I'm saying for me for myself for myself how how do I process it? I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, so this week's parsha, parsha's re'eh. Re'eh anoichi noisin lefnechem ayem. See that today I place before you bracha uklala, a blessing and a curse. Bracha uklala, blessing and curse. Okay, let's talk about the bracha and the klala, the blessing and the curse. What's a bracha, what's a klala? So if you want to know what something means, sometimes you need to have it translated. So the, there are two major translations, classic, canonical translations of the Torah. I don't mean like English, French, Russian. I mean translations that are holy and they are canonized as being part of the Chumash in many Chumashim. At least one of them is in pretty much every Chumash, which is Onkelos. And then there's another Targum, which is Targum is a translation, but we, we mean Aramaic translation because Aramaic was the vernacular of the Jewish people for so many centuries. Uh, the Talmud is written in, in Aramaic. The Jewish people spoke Aramaic. So, uh, in addition to Onkelos, we have what's, what's called the Targum Yenison. Yenison ben Uziel. Yenison ben Uziel was one of the Tanoim. He was a Talmud of Hillel. Historically, Yenison ben Uziel was the one they say when he when we was learning the f the, the birds would fly overhead and get scorched from the holiness. Yeah. So he was earlier. He was in the times of Hillel. Um, the second base of Mikdash. And Onkelos was actually during the time of the destruction of the second base of Mikdash. In fact, his uncle was Titus, the Roman Caesar, who destroyed the base of Mikdash. So Yenis Menuziel is earlier. And. Uh, Onkelos is a little bit later. Onkelos became, for whatever reasons, became accepted as more of the primary Aramaic translation. But at any rate, so on this Posuk, 
see that I give to you, I place before you today the blessing and the curse. So Uncle says, You should see today I give before you. Birchon ulavotin. Birchon ulavotin. That is Aramaic for bracho klala, blessing and curse. I give to you a blessing and a curse. But you look in the Targum Yenison, and he says, Abba Mesha Nevia. He's letting us know who's speaking. First of all, he lets us know Mesha speaking, Mesha the prophet. You should see I'm placing before or arranging before you today. Birchosa vichilufa. Birchosa vichilufa. The blessing and its exchange. Chiluf means an exchange. Yeah. So this, it's very interesting. First of all, what does it mean, its exchange? Not its opposite, but its exchange. So maybe you're saying you, 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 you trade in one for the other? Okay, possibly. Because it could be neutral that you have neither. So I'm just wondering why it's like... Well, then why isn't the curse and its exchange? Right. <laughs> Meaning the baseline is the bracha, and then the exchange is apparently the klala. Also... In case you think that, that Yenison ben Uziel was being euphemistic and he was afraid to use the word that Onkelis uses, Levotin, which means curse, I want to tell you something. Three psukim later, he uses that word. See, this is the first pasuk of Re'eh, which is uh, pasuk uh, Chavav, but pasuk Chav Tes. When Hashem brings you to the land, He's bringing you to inherit. You're talking about the, how they're going to arrange, you know, the, the whole thing with Hargrizim and Harevel, uh, the two mountains with the blessings and the curses. So there when it says, He translates, he translates, Yenis and Uziel translates the word klala the way that Uncleus does. He translates it with the Aramaic word, which means curse. So he is fully capable of, of using the word curse. He clearly knew the word curse. He uses it three verses later. But in this verse, No, he won't use the word curse. He says, The exchange of the bracha. So here's the idea. I know I usually tell a story. I'm not in the mood for stories. If you're talking about either brachas and klolois, are there blessings and curses? You've got to be crazy not to think there are. Of course there are. Torah speaks about it. And I don't need the Torah to tell me about it. You know, you see it in life. When I say curse, I don't mean like bad mojo, like, you know, I've got bad luck, a voodoo hex. A curse meaning 
pain. And we see, of course, of course, there's, there's, there's pain in this world, darkness. Of course it exists, and therefore there's a word for it, and there's a translation for it, and we can speak about it. But that's not what this verse is saying. This verse is saying, Hashem is speaking, first person saying, I am placing before you today. This thing called bracha and this thing called klala. There is no evil which descends from on high. You want to talk about our human experience? Yeah, there's good and there's bad. And I don't just mean morally good and morally bad. I mean just from a human experience of hardship and suffering and challenge. There are experiences which everyone would agree. I don't want that. You pay me a million dollars, I don't want to go through that. I wouldn't do it for a million dollars. I wouldn't do it for a billion dollars. I don't want that experience. So... From, from the perspective of, of a human experience, yes, we can, we can definitely say there are experiences which we would con- consider a curse. Nobody wants it. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is in its origin, if you ask what is it that Hashem gave you, not how it's experienced, and I know it sounds like semantic word games, but it's inc- incredibly important here. As you experience it, yeah, nobody's denying it. It's a curse. But the way Hashem is giving it, it's not a curse. It's a bracha. Or, potentially, v'chilufa, it's exchange. In other words, there's like two perspectives at the same time. If you want to talk about subjectively, human experience, the way I go through it, there's there's clearly there's bracha and there's klala. There's a pleasant experience and there's a painful experience. But if you want to talk about the what what Hashem is actually giving me, Hashem's not giving me a klala. I end up experiencing it as a klala. And there's no denying that. And we're not trying to we're not trying to invalidate people's suffering. Oh, just suck it up. What are you talking about? God is good. No, you didn't go through hell. God is good. No. Person did go through hell. And we're not invalidating that experience. And at the same time, what we're saying, and again, we're not saying this to anyone else. We're saying it to ourselves. I'm saying it to myself. That whatever I went through that was painful, I have to realize <clears throat> there, there are two planes on which this is existing simultaneously. This is the plane on which I'm experiencing it, and it's painful. But then there's the plane on which it is given, from which it's given, meaning its origin. So Anoichi, Hashem, is giving me different types of experiences. And really, they're all, they're all blessings. Hashem only, only blesses us. Every kind of experience is only a blessing. 
except because we have the ability to experience it subjectively and interpret it and give it our story, our narrative. So therefore, we could experience the bracha as vichilufa, as its exchange. But it's not a distinct thing. It's not like, like there's bracha and there's klala. In its origin, there's only bracha and the potential to flip the script, so to speak, and interpret the bracha as something different than what it is. But really, in its origin, there's no bracha and klala. Down here, as we experience it, there's bracha and there's klala. There's pleasant experiences and there's painful experiences. But up there, the way it's being given, nesati hayim, the way I'm giving it, Hashem says, there's bracha and the potential to misinterpret the bracha. So it's a, it's a tall order. It's tough stuff to talk about because you say this kind of stuff and, and it sounds dismissive. I, I just keep... I can't get away from the fact that as much as I'm saying, oh, it's about me, I'm only talking about myself, I know there are people who are in pain, they're going through a hard time right now in life, and they're going to hear this, and they're going to say, you know, how can you tell me that when, on the worst day of my life, the moment of trauma, the moment that, you know, where, where, I, where I was broken, that in its origin that Hashem is giving good. And again, I can't say that to anybody. And I won't say that to anybody. But for myself, yeah, I have to, I have to realize. <sighs> Maybe look at it like this. If there is the potential that a painful experience can ultimately <coughs> provide me meaning. That I can learn from my experiences. I can become stronger from my experiences. I can become more of a gentle person because of, because of my own pain. I can become more compassionate to others. So then, is that just... All right, so... You went through hell, but you made the best of it. That's one way of looking at it. You went through hell, but you made the best of it. So you figured out a way to make it productive. Or is it much deeper than that? No, the whole purpose of that painful experience was to deliver this lesson and this growth experience That's what it's saying here. I mean, and again, it, I'm, I'm so hesitant to say this to anyone who's currently going through pain because I understand the argument of, look, Hashem put me through hell and I chose to make, to make something positive out of it, to reframe it, to motivate myself, to, to help others. But don't tell me that the experience itself is intrinsically good. No, I decided to make the best out of it. And I hear that. What I'm saying is perhaps we can look at it like this. The fact that it's even possible to make something good out of it isn't incidental after the fact, but that is really what the experience was all along. And therefore, they're all brachas. There's just brachas that I immediately recognize as a bracha and experience as a bracha. And then there are brachas that are told to us in a way that, are, that, that is so unrelatable 
that at first we get the story wrong, where we switch it, we say this is a sad story instead of a happy story, but that ultimately if we, if we refuse to give up on the meaningfulness of our lives, if we insist on the fact that even our darkest moments have meaning for us, and maybe especially our darkest moments have meaning for us, can we recognize the bracha in it? Not just the bracha in it, but that it's a bracha. It is a bracha. And the fact that we experience as anything other than a bracha was our interpretation. The fact that we interpret it as anything other than bracha, is that a lack of amuna? Maybe, but I, I, I'm very hesitant to call it that, and I'll tell you why. Because when somebody goes through such pain that is so beyond their ability to process it, I wouldn't tell them, well, had you have, if you would have had more amuna, then you would have been able to process that experience immediately. Perhaps technically that's true, but in reality, we know that sometimes people are given a situation that they can't handle right away. People often ask, will God ever give you a situation you can't handle? People say God won't give you a situation you can't handle. My answer is, well, God won't give you a situation that ultimately, given enough time, given enough perspective, you can't handle. Now, sometimes that time and that perspective means multiple lifetimes, or going up to Gan Eden, being able to see it from there, right? But ultimately, you get enough perspective and experience in context, the bigger the context, the... Maybe it's a duchot when someone sees Why someone would see it immediately? It could be a schos, it could be... Yeah. Yeah. You're saying that if you're able to recognize godliness, then that's a merit for you? Or yeah. the fact that you're even able to do it, that must be because Hashem gave you a merit to be able to see it. The first one. The first one. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably they're, bo they're both true. That if a person can do it, it's definitely uh, to his credit. But sometimes just the ability to do it at all is because Hashem gave you... Well, it's a zuchot because Hashem wants us to be close to Him. So if we're able to connect Hashem through that, that's like, uh, whatever. You know what? Sometimes we luck out and we're able to find the meaning in something right away. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. You know, we spoke about something that I experienced. That right. We spoke about how seeing the, the mer Hashem in it, the hardship as that, hey, I'm seeing that Hashem, this is, you know, I'm seeing you through the hardship, and that will be a cause for something, you know, this to go well or something. Oh, okay, you're saying something different. That, 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 yeah, okay, that, that if you're able to 
roll through the pain. So that's to your credit, and then it'll not roll through it, but to embrace embrace it, it even. Right. Then that's to your credit, right. and it'll be good for you in some other way. Right, or even in this. Or even this situation right. could transform and change. Okay. And all this stuff is well and good, but here's what I want to tell you. <laughs> I think maybe this. I'm not sure what my bottom line is, but I think this is my bottom bottom line. I think this is my real conclusion. It's all true. There is no such thing conceptually. In practice, yes, there's such a thing called a klala. Conceptually, there's no klala. There's only brachas. However, we have to realize that that is a very lofty level. And that's why, although the Targum Yenison does bring out this idea of bracha v'chilufa as opposed to bracha uklala or ulavatin. Targum Yainison does say it that way, but Onkelos doesn't. Why? Because just the difference of living in the times of the Beis HaMikdash and living in the times of the Chorban, that, that itself made it that when Onkelos looked at this, he didn't see v'chilufa, he saw ulavatin. So how much more so, we're now, you know, Onkelos is, is, is right after the Chorban, and we are almost 2,000 years after the Chorban. So we have to give ourselves a break and realize that even though conceptually, in the abstract, we certainly understand that the Targum Yenison is 100% correct, there's no curses, it's all just blessings and their misinterpretation, or maybe call it blessings and their mistranslation. But just because that's conceptually true doesn't mean that we're all able to experience it that way. Onkelis couldn't experience it that way. I, I always feel like when things are going well, it's like, yeah, it's going to get better, it's going to be greater, but it takes from things going down here to things going so great and falling back down to like be able to be in touch with reality. So it's like when things aren't going good, it's sometimes hard to see the end light at the end of the tunnel. But when things are good, you know, like hindsight is 2020. <laughs> and it's nice when you're at the other end. So then it's easy to see the goodness, no? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> even though In theory, nobody should ever take any experience negatively. But in reality, we know that sometimes Hashem makes it too hard for us on a practical level to actually do that. And it's going to feel like a painful experience. It's going to feel like a negative experience. It doesn't feel like a painful experience. It is a painful experience. And we will therefore interpret it negatively. And we have to realize you can't oversimplify things. I see this a lot with religious people. You learn Torah. Torah is truth. And then you want to pretend that your experience of it is as black and white as the ideas that you're learning. Now, if you're a simple Jew, that's great, but I want to tell you a secret. If you're a simple Jew, then you didn't come to this conclusion from a class, because simple Jews don't have to go to class. 
Simple Jews just know it in their gut. So, but if you came to it intellectually, and then you want to trick yourself to say, well, because we know there's no such thing as negativity, that's it, I will never experience it again as negativity. Come on, don't be so immature. How about this? Let me offer a more nuanced approach. Conceptually, I am fully aware that nothing bad ever happened to me. <laughs> However, on a subjective level of, of my experience, I fully accept the fact that I have, I have pain and that, that I don't like it. And I, and, 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 I, and conceptually, I, I know that it's, it's good for me. But I'm, I'm not running to Hashem asking Him for more of it. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe I'm not even at the level to thank Him yet for it. Although I aspire to. See, the, the, yes, that's the level. That, but see, the level isn't, I thank Hashem for all my troubles. No, maybe, maybe that's not the level. I mean, that's a beautiful level. But I'm saying, maybe the level can be, I aspire to come to a place where I will thank Hashem for all my troubles. Maybe that's the level. Maybe it doesn't have to be that we pretend that in actuality our worldview is as clear as conceptually everything is mapped out for us in the holy books. And I think we have to allow ourselves that you know, the, 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 the gulf of, you know, what it says in the books and how we experience it as, as, as human beings with, with minds and hearts. And to be realistic about it, I don't think we're doing ourselves a favor by, uh, you know, basically bluffing and pretending that just because we know conceptually something's true, that it, that it feels that way to us. So that's the point. That the real truth is the way that Targum Yenison says it. There's no, there are no curses. There's only blessings and the mistranslation of blessings, misinterpretation of blessings. But Uncleus, who's a little bit closer to our time than than the Targum Yenison says, okay, but who are we kidding? <laughs> In your experience, you're going to you're going to identify certain things as. That was a cursed day. That was a cursed moment. That was a cursed period of my life. Okay? And the point is, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can, we can embrace the fact that there's a truth, and we know the truth, and even, uh, you know, some moments, sometimes we are emotionally aligned with the truth, not just cognitively, but, you know, we can even... There are moments, you know, of, of profound inspiration... Uh, maybe after you meditate and pray, maybe, you know, maybe it's a gift that Hashem just gives you out of nowhere. There are moments where we are aligned to it. But you know what? There are plenty of moments where we're not aligned to it. And yet, if you would stop me and ask me, look, I know you're really resentful right now about some of the things that Hashem caused in your life. But on a conceptual level, you admit that it's all good. So I would hope that no matter how bad I'm feeling, I could stop and say, yeah, on a conceptual level... I fully admit this stuff is all peaches and cream. Now, on a subjective level, on an emotional level, I'm not going to lie. I'm not experiencing it that way yet. Yet. But if everything I believe to be true is true, then I know there will come a time where I will 
see that it was always blessing, only blessing, all the time. And that's, you want to know really, what is, what is Mashiach? Mashiach is, like the prophet says, the, the time when we'll, we'll say, I will praise you, I'll thank you. I will thank you, Hashem, for having chastised me. That we'll actually be able to value, to be able to cherish our painful experiences. Why? Because when Mashiach comes and we're given new eyes, and we're given perspective, we're lifted up to a higher level of consciousness, then we'll see that everything was blessing all along. I think you also have to allow yourself permission that you could be on different rates of growth for different aspects of your life. So there could be challenges in your life where you didn't see the blessing, but now you, now you do. And then other aspects of your life where it's just, look, there are different rates of healing for different types of wounds. Some wounds heal faster. Some wounds heal more slowly. And you, have, you can't ask your... See, I think that's another thing. We, we say, well, you know, I thought that I internalized my amuna, that I thought my faith became real because I, I had this one thing that always bothered me and now, I, now I'm able to be thankful to Hashem for it. But then I see there's this other thing that it still pains me, I still hate it. Yeah, because they're different wounds, so they heal at different rates. Well, we have to be realistic about this stuff. If you really believe in it, then you, have to, then you have to allow it to happen in real time. And you have to allow yourself to go through a human process. But I like that about Uncle said he embraces the human experience and makes it real. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he's talking from his time. And, and yet at the same time, we still need the Targum Yenison. Because he's right. Right, so I'm saying nice to be able to be like, this is reality, it's okay, right. but, to, but to fire, and also no one could be at our end goal, or else what's the purpose of life? We've never grown towards something, you know? There are, there are different things, you know, there are, there are some challenges that we have fully overcome. We, we did reach the end goal. Then there's the collective end goal, you know, of the whole, the whole universe. The new thing happens next. And then a new thing happens. <laughs> 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 New growth experiences. Yeah.